Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Tatar comes over the line, got steamrolled by Pugliarvi. Here's McDavid the other way. He'll split the D. I'm never really afraid to take on two defenders. Uh, can get me into trouble sometimes, but, you know, I was able to uh, to get it in, in good stride, and, you know, the D were kind of scrambling back, so I just tried to make a play. McDavid the other way. He'll split the D. He'll score! Connor McDavid! What a run! Well, you're not surprised. I mean, it's he's, it's not as if it's the first time he's ever done that. So it's uh, when he goes up the ice with the puck with a head of steam, he can be a dangerous player, and that's that's exactly what happened. And the Oilers are up two to one. He was real competitive tonight, you know, with with losing JJ in the game. I used him and Drysaddle again a lot, and they uh, they both answered the bell. There you go. Quite a thriller last night at Rogers Place. McDavid with the spectacular goal as it was a full team contribution from the Edmonton Oilers. Mike Smith strong once again in net. Everybody had to get involved physically at some point and they hung in there and got it done with four goals in seven and a half minutes to knock off the Canadians 4-1. They're going to do it again tomorrow. A little bit of a later start. The face-off is at 8. The face-off show here on 6.30 Chet will commence at 6. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. It is Inside Sports. You can follow me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. Wilkins like Dominique. I am not related to him. He was on the show a few years ago. It wasn't bad to talk to him. And, of course, you can call in on the hotline presented by CertainTeed, professional-grade building materials, 780-496-0063. So I'm watching that game last night, and it's a thrilling game. It's a nasty game. It's an exciting game, and it comes down to the third period. And the Oilers weren't always in control. I didn't think they started the game very well, kind of back and forth points. I did think starting with about six minutes left in the second period, they took over. And then the question was, were they going to be able to break through? Missed some opportunities. Jake Allen made several good saves. Finally, Ethan Bear got a big goal. And then McDavid's brilliance. And then Pugliarvi on the breakaway. And then Devin Shore into the empty net to add a little bit of insurance. I remember talking to you guys early in the season after the Oilers had lost two games quite poorly uh, and played quite poorly and lost quite lopsidedly to the Montreal Canadiens. And I remember sitting here thinking in my luxurious home office that is slightly bigger than a broom closet and saying to you guys, what is the identity of this team? Is this team going to ever say, we don't make stupid mistakes. You know, we don't get out of position. We, we got to cover for each other. Are they ever going to commit to those types of things? Well, as we've seen, they've, they've got better to that throughout the season. But I thought last night was a perfect example and perhaps the most encouraging example that we've seen from an Oilers squad, maybe not just this season, but maybe in several seasons. 
Okay, it's a physical game. Everybody's going to get involved. Your captain, the star player of the league, the leading scorer is going to get involved physically. And other guys are going to come along with them and do their part. And Rob and I talked about it on Overtime Open Line. At some point in last night's game, everybody made a positive play or two or three and made something happen, whether it was a hit, a forecheck, a backcheck, a nice pass, a scoring chance. Yeah, they didn't cash in on all of them. But at the end of the day, they had more than the Canadians and they got it done. So what is that win worth? And here's really what I hope, that maybe that's a game you point to at some point down the road and say that was a significant step. You look back on the footprints of the season and, and you say, do you see that one footprint there, that big indentation where it really looks like that foot had to dig in and push off? That's that game on April 19th against the Montreal Canadiens. That was a big step. And that's what I hope, that it's two points in the standings, but maybe it's something larger for the Oilers as we move along. And the playoffs are around the corner. And they're probably not going to play Montreal in the first round, but you know they might very well play Winnipeg. And there's going to be tough nights, and it's not always going to be going your way. Can you still hunker down and figure it out, whether it's a physical game, whether it's a high-scoring game, whether it's a tight-checking game. And all those little things have been added to the Oilers' resume throughout the season, and they have a lot more passes than failures as we've gone along. So I asked Dave Tippett this morning, or I guess it was early afternoon, when he was doing his Zoom availability. And I said, you know, we like to use as observers of the game in the media and a lot of fans might like to say that is a statement game. I don't know if you would say that, but can there be future value to a game like this? Well, every game you take a little bit out of it. I mean, that was an intense game. It was a physical game. You know, it's a good test for our team. Uh, The first part of the game, I thought we were competing hard. We just, uh, our, Puck play was not not very good, and just making plays under pressure to relieve some of that pressure, we we turned it over too many times, and we battled battled hard to get it back and not give up much. But it you'd uh, uh, like to be a little cleaner, but that's that's the way the game goes. Sometimes I like the way that you know when sometimes the game's not going your way and you feel like you're chasing a little bit, it's too easy to to drop off. I like the way our guys stuck with it and just and got better as the game went on and uh you know it wasn't just i mean you you see connor scores a a highlight real goal but we had a lot of people compete really hard and and push that game to our direction and in the third period so you know it's one of those games whether it's i wouldn't put it a statement game but you learn your group learns that if it competes hard enough we have a chance to win and that's uh, that's what we did last night Well, all right, so there's uh, Dave Tippett saying he wouldn't call it a statement game, but you always learn something about the team, and I I think that's a fair way to put it. You learned a little bit more about the Edmonton Oilers last night, that they are not going to go away, and they learned it about themselves, and I think that's the most important thing. I like how Dave Tippett put that. Sometimes when you're chasing the game, it's easy for your play or your concentration to, to drop off a little bit or to be affected by frustration. Didn't see that by the Oilers last night. So pretty encouraging. Alex Chason, who is uh, always pretty well-spoken. And uh, I thought he's had a couple of pretty good games here. Really involved in two goals against the Winnipeg Jets 
on Saturday. He was with the Washington Capitals when they won the Stanley Cup a few years ago. He did not play in every playoff game, but was on that team. And he made some interesting comments today about the growth he's seen in the Edmonton Oilers. You know, I look at you know, my first year here three years ago to where this group is, is what direction this group is going, the type of hockey we've been playing as of late. You know, I, I think we've realized here we got, you know, starting tomorrow, we got 12 games left in the season, and we want to go uh, in the postseason feeling good about ourselves and uh, making sure we're, we're ready to go. So as close as you're going to get as a preparation for a playoff game, I think uh, everyone was dialed in. We stuck with it for, for, for 60 minutes, and you know, when we're down a goal or to stick with with the plan and not get away from things that uh, make us successful. And Bearsie came up huge there in the third, and Connor took over. Alex Chason with some comments about the growth he's seen in the Edmonton Oilers since he's been here. He also commented on the increased, <laughs> yeah, increased. That's one one word for it about the uh, about all the physical play last night. You know, on paper, we, we may not, it, it may not be our, our, our style of game, but uh, I think going the postseason, you know, majority of the games is going to turn out that way. So, um, like I said, I think last night, um, there's a lot that happened within the game that uh, it was good for a group. Um, you know, tight checking, Montreal's got, you know, their top four D is, um, you know, as big, as strong as you're going to get in the league. So, uh, for us forwards, um, it, it was, you know, it's not easy to get in those areas around the net. Um, you got to fight for every loose puck. Um, I thought one-on-one battles uh, were key for us, creating second and third opportunities. Um, a lot of little things like that um, that happened within the game, um, they were uh, key points for us. All right, that is from Alex Chason, who was involved in a very important play in the game in the first period. Connor McDavid beat Carey Price with a long wrist shot. Habs challenge for goalie interference. It was obviously interference on Chason. Now today, Habs head coach Dominic Ducharme saying that Price will be out for a week with a concussion. Of course, Price finished the first period, did not come out for the start of the second. Jake Allen went the rest of the way. So we can expect, obviously, Allen in net tomorrow. The uh, Canadians' emergency call-up, uh, the young goaltender Caden Primo, is going to fill in. So it looks like Jake Allen tomorrow. We'll see what the Canadians do on the weekend when they have three games against the Calgary Flames. Uh, Alex Chase on comment on that bump on price. Obviously, uh, unintentional. I, I um, To be honest, I, I kind of read the play wrong a little bit. I thought Connor was going to go around, and I was trying to make my read off that. I apologized to him afterwards. I, I think uh, he realized that, that that was in my intention, and I hope he's doing all right. All right, so Carey Price out for a week for the Montreal Canadiens. They will play the Oilers again tomorrow at Rogers Place. Uh, speaking of the Oilers' injuries, we'll get an update on Kara and Nugent Hopkins. Kara didn't finish the game last night. Heck, didn't even finish the first period. Nuge did practice this morning. It wasn't optional, but he was out there. We'll get that update from Tippett when we get back inside sports.
Girls, oh honey. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on 630 Chat, Oilers and Canadians tomorrow. So the update on Oilers injuries. Here's Dave Tippett commenting on Juju Kara and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Talked to him for a while today. He's feeling he's feeling good. He's feeling fine today. But they're gonna they're gonna uh, do a few tests on him here the next few days, and we'll see where it goes. So it's uh, it's he says it's funny, you know he he got hit and uh, just was stunned a little bit but then today he feels absolutely normal so they're gonna they're gonna do some tests and make sure everything's all right nuge skated today had a hard practice today and we'll uh i think that you'll see uh uh we'll see in the morning and see if he gets cleared by the doctors if he does we'll uh he's got a chance to play tomorrow night all right, so we'll see about Nugent Hopkins. It was an optional practice today for the Oilers. Several players uh, were on the ice, uh, thanks to uh, Cam Moon's note-taking and much better eyesight than I have. Nugent Hopkins, Neil, Chason, Yamamoto, Ennis, Turris, Patrick Russell, and Shore for the forwards. You had uh, Russell, Larson, Bouchard, Lagason, Bear, Cuckoo, Barry, out on the ice, uh, and Jones out on the ice for Oilers defenseman. Koskinen and Stalock were the goaltenders, so uh, Mike Smith, one of the guys who didn't take the optional skate today. So maybe Nuge is going to come back. Uh, they're obviously going to need somebody now to jump in for Jujar Kara. Judging from what Tippett said, it doesn't sound like he's going to be able to play tomorrow. Uh, so maybe Nuge comes back. Maybe someone else might come in. I, I think Tyler Ennis usually brings something to the lineup the, when when he's in. I also wonder how the lines are going to look. Uh, I, mean, I mean, heck, do you leave McDavid with Pugliarvi and Archibald? And that's the thing about Archibald. I mean, Pugliarvi's been up there for most of the season. Now playing with either Nugent Hopkins and McDavid or Dreisaitl and McDavid. But that's the beauty of having someone like Archibald on the team is that he can move up in the lineup. He's not an elite scorer, and if he moves up, he's probably not there to stay. But especially in a game like last night, he gives you that doggedness on the puck. He gives you the willingness to full body checks, to throw body checks, and he has enough offensive ability that he's not completely lost on a on a line with Connor McDavid. So, who? I mean, here's the thing. Here, here's another thing that could happen tomorrow if Nuge comes back. You could have the big three, as we've called them, all playing center. That's a possibility. You could have McDavid on one line, Dreisaitl centering another line, or Nuge centering the third line. Or if they leave Archibald, McDavid, and Pugliarvi together, it could be the reuniting of a line that was really good last season and we haven't seen much of this year. And I know it's a line still a lot of you like. I, I still like it. Maybe Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins, and Yamamoto get put back together and Cahoon perhaps would slide down in the lineup. So just some things to think about for, uh, for tomorrow night's game. It's an eight o'clock puck drop at Rogers place. We're going to start with a face-off show at uh, six. And we already got some special guests lined up for you for that one. Uh, 780-496-0063 is how you can check in on the phone line or on the, on the text slide. We got a few things to get to tonight. Michael's minute is coming up with our buddy, Michael Carsmaker. He's the stats specialist for inside sports. He's going to look back on the 1981 playoff series between the Oilers and the Habs. He's dug up some really good tidbits from that one. Chris Johnston from Sportsnet is ahead. 
Chris votes on the year-end awards, at least the ones the media votes on, which is not all of them. For example, the Vesna Trophy is not voted on by members of the media. Hey, Mike Smith, though, but we'll we'll talk about uh, Chris's take on a couple of awards that he will be voting for. And Kelly Rudy, our weekly guest, he will weigh in on the Oilers' physical victory against the Canadians, and he'll have some thoughts on Patrick. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Rick Marlowe surpassing Gordie Howe for the most games played in the history of the National Hockey League. Back after the news and weather, Inside Sports on Chet. Blowout in progress in Pittsburgh. The Penguins up 6-0 on the Devils with three minutes left in the second period. Meanwhile, early in the third, Boston leading Buffalo 2-0. Marchand with his 24th of the season in that game. After two, the Islanders up 3-1 on the Rangers. Six minutes left in the second period in Tampa. The Hurricanes now leading the Lightning 2-0. And four minutes left in the second period in Sunrise, Florida, the Panthers with a 4-1 lead on the Blue Jackets. How about this? Sam Bennett has scored twice tonight. Now up to seven goals on the season. Barkov has his 19th. Red Wings and Stars about to get underway. Maple Leafs and Canucks will start in half an hour. Late game is the Ducks and the Kings. Oilers and Canadians tomorrow on 6.30. Ched, face-off show at 6. Bit of a later start. It'll get going at 8. Blue Jays in the bottom of the 5th at Boston. The Red Sox leading this one 4-1. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. He joins us every week here on Inside Sports. He is presented by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian, try four weeks free. Visit sentinelstorage.ca. It is Kelly Rudy. Kelly, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Reading yourself? I'm doing very well. Man, I just... It's like I can feel it that everybody's buzzing about the game last night, even though we aren't in public like we usually are, and there were no fans like that. I, yep. I just get the sense everybody's so excited about that game last night. And I want to talk to you about that, but uh, that was pretty cool last night, the end of the San Jose game, because yeah. Rob and I were able to watch the shootout. Unfortunately, Marlo didn't score, but handshakes for him just like there was against minnesota the other night that's i i know gordy howe has more games if you factor in the wha but that's quite an accomplishment unbelievable accomplishment and uh i think that and i i'm sure you saw the same videos uh from bob bugner and others saying that when pat patty finally came to the dressing room all the guys were still in their gear waiting for him and of course we we weren't privy to those videos we're just uh, i'm talking about the videos about people sharing their uh their messages about that but that that would have been pretty cool and i guess he broke down pretty emotional and and for him to do that it's pretty special because he's uh he doesn't show a lot of feelings at least uh, that uh my family didn't really see, um, but uh, just a, 
incredible accomplishment. Uh, I'm so proud of him. I've, uh, I don't know if you noticed, but we had a, a thing on him, uh, Ron and I, in the first intermission on Saturday and just getting caught up again. I've been texting Patty quite a bit the last little bit. And I, I think it's probably pretty draining for him. I, I like, I, I can imagine today and tomorrow he won't have much energy left uh, after, you know, He's been talking about it for a few weeks and, you know, all the interviews he's been doing and so on. So just a, a great thing. And, and you know, it, it reminds me of Gordy Howe, though, and, and the first time I was able to meet Gordy. So it was uh, the playoffs of uh, 83. So I, uh, I hadn't made the Islanders yet. Uh, that was in the fall. But uh, two years um, when I was uh, a junior, and one year when I was in the minors, I was actually a black ace for the Islanders uh, throughout the playoffs. So uh, I was able to go to the finals twice with them. Uh, of course, not dressed, but just sort of partake in the, uh, the festivities in the dressing room after, which was really cool to see. And the guys really letting loose after winning the cup. But it was in one of those uh, days when, uh, do you know the Deneen family? Reed, you know, the real famous uh, hockey family, Deneen's Bill is the dad. And then there's right. Kevin, Gord, uh, uh, Peter, Sean, uh, the four brothers. Uh, Sean was the only one that didn't play in the NHL, but he's been around the NHL in a scouting role and executive role for a long, long time. So Gord and I uh, knew each other because we played in the minors. And uh, because of uh, his dad's involvement in the WHA and around the NHL, he knew Gordie Howe really well. And so we're at the Long Island Marriott across the street from the uh, Nassau Coliseum and Gordon and I. And in comes uh, Gordie Howe and Gordie recognized Gordie because they had known the Deneen family forever and ever. And so uh, Gord Deneen in introduced me to Gordie Howe. And the three of us went in and had lunch. And so here's my first time. I, I think I might have been 21 or 22. And I get to meet Mr. Hockey, a, a pure legend, right? And having lunch with him. But it's the oddest thing because that's here's also how my mind works. How stupid it can be sometimes. I was so thrilled meeting Gordy Howe. But I tried lamb for the first time, and it was horrible. And I, I was like, this is, I can barely choke this down. But, you know, I don't know why I'd have two ridiculous memories like that. First, uh, quite an honor to meet Gordy Howe, but that's the worst lunch I may have ever had in my life. But um, I love but how it, you, it's always food. It always comes back oh, to food. Right? And then getting to know, not not that I, I knew Gordy very well, but just to be around him when uh, Wayne was chasing all his records and he was around the Kings uh, a lot uh, you know for not only uh, breaking the, the points record but the goal record and so on so and then Gordy came around for certain other things uh, I remember this real famous uh, photo shoot that Wayne and Gordy had and it was uh, uh, just an unbelievable picture of the two of them getting undressed in in our dressing room after uh you know, some photo shoots on the ice and they're playing a little bit of shinny and so on. So just really cool memories of uh, uh, Gordy Howe and uh, Patty Marlowe that sort of mix in together with me. Yeah, yeah, pretty cool. And Marlowe's going to keep adding to the record, obviously. So we'll, well see you know, where he goes. Yeah, you know, to that point, Reed, I don't think this is his last year. I, if, if I kind of know Patty well, and I haven't asked him yet, but I could see him playing a year or two more. That's That's how much he loves the game his family is 
really supportive, right? Like they, they really enjoy it. And so I think that I could see him adding another, uh, I don't know, 70, 80, 120 games. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be incredible. Well, quite a, quite a career, regardless of how long he goes. And I think he's, it's a, to me, it's a hockey hall of fame resume. And I know sometimes that's an argument because I, sometimes I hear, well, okay, yeah, well, he has a lot of stats, but he, he played so long. But my counter right. would be, well, but you don't play that long unless you're good. I mean, right. they, don't, they don't want you on the team unless you can contribute. <laughs> you're not gifted this job, I can tell you that. You've got to earn it every year. And and the Sharks are, well, no pun intended, but they're always circling, right? They're, there's always somebody new to try and take your job. So to suggest that uh, it's only because of longevity, no, it's, I agree with you, Reed. Kelly Rudy joining us at Inside Sports. Okay, the Oilers, what a game last night. Just an absolute thriller. It had great offensive plays. It had big saves. It had a lot of hitting. It had some nastiness. I asked... Dave Tippett this morning, I said, basically, you, you probably wouldn't use this term yourself, but it felt yeah. like kind of a kind of a statement game. And I just wonder, Kelly, the value of winning a game like that when we're about a month from hopefully playing games like that every second night for an extended period of time. I, I, like, I think that's something to draw from, that we yeah. answered the bell. You know, yeah, we got on our back heels a little bit, but we fought right back. I totally agree with that, that, you know, some of my favorite victories are the the most hard fought where, uh, you know, the other team, they played amazingly well. Also, Uh, there was every aspect in the game. There was speed, there's physical play, there was anger, there's hatred, there are great saves, um, uh, great penalty kills, uh, you know, all these uh, things that really factor into an important win. And you have to have all those things in those. There's, uh, There's no exception in in great games like that and so uh i always also looked at the schedule and in particular when we're really in the, in a race a playoff race that all the games were meaningful my favorite were the games in which you're playing the tougher opponent i i love those more so than playing a you know a non-playoff team and trying to get up for those and and because they're not as rewarding right when you when you play the top teams like Edmonton last night playing Montreal and, and Montreal is a tough team to play. Trust me. They, they play hard and we saw it last night, how, you know, they muddy up the neutral zone. They were hard on McDavid and there's uh, there are a lot of challenges that the Oilers had to face in that game. So uh, those are my favorite memories. And, and, you know, you sit in your stall after the game, you're taking off your gear and you have immense pride in yourself and your teammates. you look around the room and uh, nobody really shares those thoughts other than something like good job boys or you know you might have a brief discussion about why uh, we're able to sneak that one out and the importance of certain uh, aspects of the game but those are the games when you get in your car after you drive home and you you have all this adrenaline running through your body and it's next to impossible to sleep because you know you're you're just thinking you're just so excited about how the game went yeah. Well, and, and you mentioned McDavid and he threw a really big hit on Deno in the first period that I think ramped up the intensity yeah. in the game. And then Deno got a penalty on him later and then McDavid scores the, the great goal. But you obviously understand with some of the great players you played with from, from Gretzky and a lot of those Islanders guys that yeah. when a star 
engages like that physically as well. Doesn't just score the goals. That that also is willing to muck it up, I guess, for lack of a better term. That's got to have a big impact. It does. And and maybe in this situation, Wayne wouldn't be the the great uh, comparison, but you know who would be for me? And I, I always think of this when you talk about incredible skill, Hall of Fame career, but mean and tough, and that's Dennis Potvin. Like, there's, he was fierce. He was one of the most fierce guys I've ever seen play. And uh, just a, a physical force that everybody was afraid of. He was, he was like Pronger. You know how dirty Pronger could be? And I mean that in an endearing way. I mean that positively. Uh, Dennis was the same or maybe worse because uh, he had a low center of gravity. Uh, he had that old school hip check that caught so many people by surprise. And uh, man, he was he was just like that. And so to your point about how McDavid uh, made everybody sort of, he dragged everybody into the war again or the fight with that. It, everybody takes notice. There's no question about it. I, I mean, I would, even as a goalie, I would be down at the other end watching the action and something unusual like that might happen. And uh, it would get me charged up, it really charged up. And then the same as a fight, you know, even if my guy didn't win the fight, I was I was juiced for that. I, I got really excited, and, and that was the first thing I'd say in the dressing room in the intermission. I'd congratulate him on the fight, and even if he didn't win, I, I'd uh, commend him on his uh, bravery. Yeah. Well, I, Mike Smith might be the Oilers' best fighter if it came down to it, but that's... <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's funny. Uh, give me uh, Give me 30 seconds on the Flames' plate here. I mean, that's another crusher last night. Crusher. And, uh, you know, the, the odds are not great as you know. Um, but the reality is, is there's still a chance. So as strange as that sounds, you know, uh, if the, if the Canadians, uh, lose here, um, and then they play Calgary three in a row Friday, Saturday, and Monday, who knows, right? You know, the odds don't look great, and there's no reason to suggest they will win because, you know, after another stunning loss last night, I mean, it, it seems unlikely, but we've seen, seen stranger things, right? Like the New Jersey Devils in, what was it, 1988, win 10 in a row right. to stop the season, and the last game in overtime, a John McClain goal in overtime, and uh, look, they ended up going, I think, to the conference finals. Have another donut. We'll wrap it up there. <laughs> <laughs> I'd forgotten about that. That's unbelievable. Yeah, there we go, Kelly. Thanks a lot for checking in, man. Kelly Rooney every week on Inside Sports, powered by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian, try four weeks free. Visit sentinelstorage.ca. I didn't know we were going to go there. Have another donut. Kellen, you're... I don't know if you're old enough to remember have another donut, are you? You know what we're talking about? I know what you're talking about, yeah. I I obviously wasn't uh, old enough to comprehend what I was seeing when it first happened, but I've seen it in years since on tape and that stuff. So We should find – there's got to be audio on uh, on YouTube somewhere. We should oh, try sure. to play that before the end of the show. Jim Schoenfeld, uh, who was coaching the New Jersey Devils, Don Koharski – walking off the ice and this was after i'm just double checking the game yeah it was may 6 1988 game three of the wales conference finals how did he spell wales kellen like the prince of wales so w-a-l-e-s yes. no h good it's not sea mammals 
But the but the conference Prince of Wales had the team called the Whalers in it that would had the W A H. That's a good point. The <laughs> Whalers could have won the Wales Conference. It never happened. No. Uh, so Koharski and and Schoenfeld were arguing, and anyway, at some point, Koharski stumbled, and. Koharski basically said, you, you pushed me. And Sean feels like you fell, you fell. And Koharski's like, you know, you're gone. You're never going to coach another game. And then Sean felt, we'll find, we, we got to find it on YouTube. But basically he says, you fell, you fat pig, have another donut, have another donut. I'm not going to try and do it in his voice or recreate the scene. We'll find, let's, uh, we got Michael's minute coming up, Kel, and then maybe we can get to have another donut before seven. And then when people hear that, they're welcome at home to have another donut. Sure. Or, or their first donut. <laughs> All right. Inside Sports on Chad. Coming right back. a great night thanks for tuning in inside sports on 6 30 jed and i'm pleased to welcome back to the show the stats specialist for inside sports it is michael's minute with michael Carsmaker. hey michael how are you doing i'm doing great reed how are you i'm doing very well we're in between game nights here for the oilers and the canadians 40 years since the oilers pulled off a huge playoff upset against the montreal canadians michael that is correct and give me a sense of how big an underdog the Oilers would have been. Well, the Oilers were 29 points behind the Montreal Canadiens. Huge discrepancy in the standings. I think the Canadians were third overall and the Oilers were 14th, so a pretty big difference. Going into that series, in anything that you think might have helped the Oilers get a little motivated? I think so. The Montreal goalies... The Montreal goalie, Richard Savinier, put up some bulletin board material for the Oilers saying that Guy Lafleur was going to have Wayne Gretzky in his back pocket. And did that happen, Michael? Sadly, no. Mr. Wayne Gretzky had 11 points in the three games. So I think Wayne Gretzky had the Montreal Canadiens in his pocket. <laughs> Absolutely. And you found some great stuff here. Something about uh, a song or something that may have inspired the Oilers. What, what's the story here? That is right. Um, before game three, um, before game three, the Oilers were in their locker room and they were watching highlights of the last two games against the Montreal Canadiens and blaring in the background was Tom Jones's version of the impossible dream. <laughs> and they lived the impossible dream by sweeping the, the Canadians. Hey, man, that is an awesome look back, Michael. I really appreciate you checking in with this stuff. Thank you very much. It uh, was a lot of fun to go back in time. Absolutely it was. That is Michael Carsmaker. He brings you Michael's Minute here on Inside Sports. He's a great addition to our roster on the show. Some fun facts about the 1981 upset victory Oilers over the Canadians sweeping the first round. Of course, best of five 
back in the day and a pretty convincing sweep for Edmonton too. As Michael told you, 11 points for Wayne Gretzky in that series. That's cool. We'll talk to Michael again down the road. Okay, Kellen, do we have... Did we find the donut audio? <laughs> we have donut audio. Okay, donut go. audio incoming. There it is. So the uh, profanity bleeped out Koharski and Schoenfeld going back and forth and the topper on that Sunday you fell you fat pig have another donut have another donut ah the actually beauty of those, old arenas <laughs> in those days uh, in those days the uh, officials off-season training program was a donut a day so for Sean Feld to say have another donut that that would have been right in Koharski's wheelhouse well maybe not I don't know <laughs> Have another donut, you fat pig. Wonder how often they get that gets used in beer league games now, talking to referees. Because I mean, you obviously you got to be of a certain age to have seen that. I don't know if there's a lot of twenty-year-olds who get the reference, but I'm sure there's a lot of you know beer league players, forty plus, fifty plus. I mean, still might pull that out every once in a while. Have another donut, you fat pig. That, but I believe that is now a finalist for uh, the slogan for Inside Sports. We're going to make posters. They kind of look like movie posters, and it'll, that'll be the tagline. Have another donut, you fat pig. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.